I want to dedicate, really rededicate this sanctuary to God again. It just made sense for me with new carpet, with new chairs and new paint on the wall, new draperies, new this, new that, to just newly tell God we're still here. We still want to make a difference in our community. To tell God, you can still count on this little church on the side of the road. Right? We're here together now with a great, great purpose. And so I couldn't think of anybody I would rather have to come than the one who came 25 years ago. Pastor Ray Rachels. He is a friend to so many. He's been a friend to this church, helping this church throughout the years, celebrating the high times, navigating through some lower times. He's been a friend to this church. He's certainly been a friend to my wife and I. And thank you so much for just loving my children the way you have. We're so glad you've come today, and I want to welcome you to the pulpit. Would you help me today welcome our friend, Pastor... Ray Rachel. Thanks. Thank you, Pastor. Love you. <laughs> You're the best. You're the best. Hey, God bless you, Pastor. I love you, Pastor. I love Karen and Elliot and Butler and Daisy. Are you musical too, Daisy? Daisy? Huh? What were you just playing? Next week when I'm gone. Huh? Uh, good morning, saints. Well, the Palmas great to see you. My goodness, what a what a wonderful congregation. I I've been here a number of times since the, in the past twenty five years, as, as some of you know. Most of you probably don't know, but this is a wonderful congregation as you are. But this morning, you had almost this many in the morning service as well. So the church has grown. God's blessing is here. Pastors fanning that Holy Spirit flame that uh, when you come and you feel the Spirit of the Lord in your heart this morning. I know you do. I know you do. You love Jesus, say amen. I know you do. And, uh, and I am so glad to be back as a part of this great, great family. This is a, this is a, a dedication of this today, is, is, is specifically to dedicate these facilities. I was thinking about that. You dedicate, the dedication is unique because it means that we are separating this place as a place where the body of Christ, where the real church, the real church, that's you, can come and have a place that you worship. That's what we dedicate, and, and we're just thankful for that, that we dedicate you. You as the church of Jesus Christ that are coming here, you're filled up with God's blessing and God's love, and then you go out into this mission field, La Palma, and the environs beyond here. And I salute you for all that you've done. I came in today, and we've got Christmas is, Christmas is just about here. This is, this, this is going to be a place where people are going to be standing up here, right? Huh? And the choir is going to be standing and singing, and you're going to be playing your bass? Daisy, be playing your bass up here? And uh, I've seen this before. You cannot miss the times that this is presented. And bring your friends and your neighbors and all the times you want 
church to be the church and reflect what God is doing inside this dedicated facility. This is a good time to do that. And uh, I, I love that. I have a friend that said, uh, who, had, who was said, or one of our ministers who was said to him, he said, he said, how many, he said, how many ministers does your church have? This is the question. How many ministers does your church have? My friend said, well, you made three mistakes right off the bat with the question. I was trying to be nice, but very clever. He said, number one, this is not my church. This is Christ's church. Got to remember that. It's not my church. It's Christ's church. Secondly, he said, though this is a church in the New Testament sense of the word, it's the body of Christ. It's, it is the family of faith. He said, but we are far more than just that. We are a mission station into which the blessing of God flows, and we go out of this place. And third, he said, he said, he said, we've got a few clergy here, but every person in this place is a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, how many ministers you, does your church have? No, we are. We are all part of that family, and we're all part of the ministry base in which God is at work here. And I love that about this church. I've seen this church grow and develop and, um, and expand through the years, and I love to be a part of a family of faith like that. And this is the year. And I was thinking about that this morning, and uh, as, I was, as I was asked to come and, and, uh, and, and talk, by the way, by the way, I have... I almost forgot. I have a letter from our from our current district superintendent, Rich Guerra, in which I'm going to give this letter to your pastor and his uh, family. But this is this is uh, addressed to the the pastors, the family, and the La Palma Christian uh, Center fam- Christian Center family, Christian Life family. And Rich Guerra, congr- our current superintendent, network sup- is congratulating you for all that you have done. With where what has happened, what you have become at this moment, and um, and he and and he has, I believe it's an exciting time in the life of a church when the body has joined together in unity. You sang about that this morning. I had not heard that song before. I, I love that. Making financial sacrifices to improve the building used for furthering the kingdom. Though we recognize the church is the body of believers, it's important to consider the needs of those attending and assuring the building is comfortable and useful. And that is certainly true, isn't it? That is certainly true what's, what's happened. But your sacrifice, your giving, not only giving your funds, but I have, a, I have a sense that some of you have some calluses on your fingers and hands because you have, you have put some of your own blood, sweat, and tears in here. The updated carpeting, changing seating from, you're right, uh, pews to chairs. I heard that, pews to chairs. Lighting, paint, and improved sound systems have helped making the facility feel warm, inviting, particularly those that visit the church for the first time. And he goes on to say some very nice things. This is from the network uh, uh, superintendent. And the network, the district network in Southern California has about 450 congregations, of which this is one part. So I salute you, the former superintendent, the current superintendent in the name of the Lord, and say thank you for being so faithful and so good through these years. I was thinking about I was thinking about the life of the church, what happens in the church, what happens to people, grandparents, great grandparents, great grandparents, parents, teenagers, children, what happens in the church 
makes a mark and it and it makes a dent in the in the psyche in the soul. We have a pastor up in uh, Lemoore who uh, his wife is telling Judy and me one of the children in their church is a um, is a kindergarten kindergarten student in Lemoore. Lemoore that's up near Hanford out of out of Visalia, and in the is. Is a kindergarten student, and uh, the little the little kid, about six, fell and uh, hurt themselves on the playground of the public school, public school. And uh, as the little kindergartners do, they the little uh, little kindergartner, he's a boy. He uh, he tears in his eyes. He came off a, he came off the play field, came to the teacher who was in the side in the side, and he showed the he hurt himself here and he hurt himself here and uh, she said what happened well I fell somebody pushed me and I'm down he said and the, and the little boy a kindergartner out of our first assembly in Lemoore said to the teacher will you he said will you just pray for me I, I'm hurt myself would you just pray for me and according to the pastor's wife who told us he's, and the teacher said well uh she, he said, she said, I'm sorry, but I don't know how to pray. And the little boy looked up, rose up to his full four-foot whatever height, and said, well, just say what I say. <laughs> and led the teacher in prayer. <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. They prayed together. The teacher told the teacher told the parents of our first assembly church uh, about this, and now she's asking questions about what makes this boy have that kind of faith that asked her, a public school teacher, to say what I say. What happens when that happens? Well, I know what happens, and I I've got I've been thinking about this service here, and I I want to talk to you about the body of Christ. I want to talk about the church. I want to talk about you. And if you'll let me just walk through Romans 16 for just a moment. Keep your Bibles open because there is a there is a there is a wonderful wonderful litany, wonderful list. I mean, it's an incredible list. It's you you have a tendency to think Leviticus are numbers. You ever read the Old Testament, the book of Numbers? You read the book of Numbers, and pretty soon you, you, you scoot right by this. Romans, the 16th chapter, should impress you in that way. It should not, but it might. It is, it is here. It is here. La Palma Christian Center is right here. I want you to know that. Don't you think about Leave your Bible open, or if you've got your phone or your iPad, keep, 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 it, keep it right there. Leave your Bible open. Because this, this represents in Paul's mind, when he's writing to the Romans, the Roman church, he is writing to talk about people who are involved, inside, dynamically participating in the life of the church of Jesus Christ. So as you read these names, you understand that these are real flesh and blood people who have been part of the church of Jesus Christ. And Paul is saying, He's saying, these are the people that are here that I know that salute you. 
so. And some of them knew who they were. Some of them did not know who they were. It didn't matter. The body of Christ is universal. We're all one body. And he is saying, these are the people that I know that have been part of the ministry that I've been a part of, and you've been a part of, and they are part of the family of faith. I, uh, I had a, the privilege of uh, being part of a little church in Sanger. You know where Sanger is? Sanger, California. It's up near Fresno. Small church, Chester Church. <laughs> Pastor uh, was telling me, he said, you know, the district superintendent, the district superintendent sent my wife in over here just to come over and preach and serve for four weeks. So would you just come over and to the Sanger Church until we can find a pastor that will go to this church and pastor this church? He said, we went, he said, and he was telling me, that was 54 years ago. 54 years ago, the, past, the district superintendent sent us here for four weeks, and we never left. I, it was amazing. I, you know, it, 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 uh, I, I walked into the building. It's a beautifully kept building, and, and the whole building was rearranged. All of, all of the names of all of the people who had ever attended that church in Sanger, we have, two, we have two little churches in Sanger. All of the people who had ever attended that church in Sanger, their names were written on lists and they were plastered all over that building. All of the women's ministry ladies were on a list over the last 54 years. All of the men's ministry, for, 50, for 54 years, their names were there. All of the deacons who had served were on the list. All of the all of the church board minutes had been reproduced and put on the table outside for the last for the last fifty four years, and all of the musicians and every person who had ever had any part of that church and any record that they had, it was it was demonstrated visually in that church. And I and I, when they introduced me to Steve, and I it was a great privilege for me. I said, who? I said, who was it? Who was it that put all of this together? And it was like, it was like, it, it, the church was no bigger than this. I'm just trying to tell you. It was not, it was, it was like here. Everybody in that church, almost to a person, turned around and pointed their finger to a little lady that was sitting right back there. And they said, Francis did this. <laughs> I said, where is Francis? And she said, she stood and everybody gave her a hand. 54 years at Sanger. I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, when it comes to greeting people who have a place of significance in the body of Christ, it is a wonderful thing to have been a part where, where you have been that instrumental in making sure that the church of Jesus Christ grows well. So when you look here, you got your Bibles open to Romans 16, which is very interesting. Don't close your Bibles because I'm gonna I'm gonna point I'm gonna point out some things here. Keep your Bibles open and look. He says, I could this is Paul, he's giving personal greetings, and he is uh, he hasn't been to Rome. He is writing to the Roman church. He's not been to Rome. He is going to Rome and he's gonna be put in prison 
when he gets there, and he's going to be executed in Rome. But before he comes, he wants to talk about, he wants to talk about, he wants to talk about the people like you who represent the interest of God's work in God's kingdom. He's talking about people like us. It, it is the most practical and down-to-earth passage of Scripture that you could possibly scoop out of God's Word. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church in Centra. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been a great help to many people, including, <laughs> including me. Said, and then he starts his greeting. He just keeps talking about you. He says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. They risk their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful for them. You met Priscilla and Aquila if you read through the scriptures and you know something about God's word. Priscilla and Aquila are commented about by Paul in another one of his epistles, and he is saying, Thank you for those that meet in the house, the church that meets in the house of Priscilla and Aquila. They're great servants. They're like the Francis. Francis that I, I talked about. Greet also the church that meets in their house. Greet my dear friend on verse number five. Greet my dear friend, listen, greet my dear friend Epinetus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. You think about that. You drill down in your mind, every person he talks about, there's a uniqueness. You have never heard their name before. You will never hear them again. But somewhere in the life of the flow of the church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, the family of faith, he is calling the names of people who are anonymous, but who have been effective and who love God, who love the church, who love the leadership, and who have been saying yes to God. I, uh, when, when Judy and I came to Long Beach, pastor that wonderful church that uh, I still miss. <laughs> still miss my friends that are there, my two sons that are here today, and I, and I love you dearly, my wife and I and my family. When I came there, um, there was a, so many people I could talk about, but I'm talking about Eva, Eva McGuffin. You probably remember Eva McGuffin. You may or you may not. I think you would. Uh, and not long ago, she was, no, she was going for her 100th birthday, and I wrote about her. I was hearing a Pentecostal evangelist, as a matter of fact. I wrote about her because uh, I came to love her. She's from Oklahoma. <laughs> She's tough. You know what I mean? There's, there are people that are sweethearts that are tough. And uh, when I came there, she, she, uh, she always had a shawl on, and she would come to me Sunday after Sunday and say, Pastor, the church is too cold. The church is too cold. The church is too cold. Would you turn up the thermos? Turn up the thermostat. Turn up the heat in the church. I'm freezing. I'm freezing in this church. She sat right back there. I'm freezing in this church. So... And I would have to talk to her a little bit, talk to her a little bit. She never, she never knew it. Finally, I, I mentioned it to the, our board, and I said, you know what? And I explained the situation. I explained what I wanted to do. They approved it. Officially approved by the, <laughs> by the official board. So the next Sunday morning, I said, now, we have a wonderful lady in our congregation, and uh, her name is Eva. Eva, 
So there's Eva. I said, the official board has created a new position. And the, the position is the chairperson of the thermostat committee. <laughs> and I said, Eva, stand up. Eva stood up. She had a shawl on. I said, Eva McGuffin has been appointed as the chairperson of the thermostat committee. And she has the right and the privilege to fiddle with that thermostat back there. She's the only one except the deacons. She can fiddle with that thermostat, and she is going to put that she is going to put that thermostat wherever she wants it, so that all of us got to be warm enough in this sanctuary. Well, she put. When I said that, she dropped her her shawl. She swung out of the out of her pew, the front of her pew, and she went to the back. And I saw her doing this, and and she came back to the seat and put it in her shawl. So that's what I said. So Eva McGuffin. Chairman of the thermostat committee. She uh, called me. Take just a minute. I, I, and so she called me one day uh, after that. Uh, I should not tell you this, but we fixed that thermostat back there at the church. It, it, I, you didn't hear me say that, but just you have have a sense of that relatively. Uh, she called me one day and she said, Pastor, can you come over to my house? She's past that anyway. Come over to my house. I've got some questions to ask of you. I've got some questions. I told you she's tough. And I, I thought, oh, well, I, you know, when somebody says that to the pastor, I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, you, you swallow a couple of times and you think, well, I don't know what's going to be said. I don't know what she wants. I love her. I want her. I want to help her. So I made an appointment. We went to her house, and she had a couple of, she baked two pies. Give me, which one do you want? I want to give you a slice of each one. Give me a cup of tea. And went to the, went to the living room, sat down. And it was, it was uh, November, I think, and it was election time. And she had, she was, she had her, all of her ballots there. And, and when we got, she says, now, now she said, "Here's my ballot. Here, here are all the here are all the what do you call the things you have to read and the, 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 the ballot measures. You know the things you sometimes you don't know anything about except what they tell you. And said, and you don't even know about the the candidates, huh? Except the, so she said, here she said, I don't know anything about this. She said, held up those ballots she has. Now she said." Who am I going to vote for? And where am I going to say yes or no to these things? I sort of, I thought, my God, where well, this is going. I said, well, Eva, I said, I, I don't know. I said, you know what? Uh, you want to know who to vote for? This is, I said, this is for you to decide. You, you decide. You decide who you vote. No, 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 Pastor. said, said you got to tell me. Who I vote for, she said. She says, "Brother Spielberg always told me." <laughs> he was the former pastor of the church. I, I said, "Well," she said, "I don't know anything about. I don't know these people. I don't know anything about these ball measures." What do you? I, and I explained to her. I said, "This is this is part of the wonderful democratic process. You get the opportunity to decide 
who you're going to vote for, what you're going to vote for. You can say yes to this. You can say, she said, she said, don't talk to me about this. Tell me where to put my mark. I said, it's, it, it, it's your decision. She says, Pastor, stop it. Where do I mark? Well, that's the first year that I voted twice. <laughs> and I voted twice for the next nine years. And a wonderful, a wonderful, I, I knew the year, I knew I had to mark my own, but I knew I was going to mark evil. I knew it, it came every year. I'm going to go to, go have some pie. I love that part. Have some pie. And Eva is going to have it there. So I never fussed before. I would go down and mark the ballot. Well, look here. Look, look. Greet my dear friend Eva McGuffin. Greet my dear friend Eva McGuffin, who believes in the corporate wisdom of God's people, her leader, her pastor, to provide good answers, not only the church's mission outside, but inside as well. Say what you want about that. But greet my friend Eva McGuffin. I, I love her, and I love Eva. I love every time I recall my wonderful friend Eva. And he says also, look, greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Who is Mary? Who, this is not Mary, the mother of Jesus. This is not, this is not in, the, in the Jesus family. But greet there was a greet Mary who worked hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junius, my relatives who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Amphilatus, whom I love in the Lord. Greet, greet Urbanus, our fellow, fellow worker in Christ. Greet my dear friend. Tatius, greet Apollos, tested and approved in Christ. Well, Judy and I have had the privilege, God has blessed us so much. I, I, I think back on the wonderful people that God has put in our path. Amelia was one, and I, we had the privilege of pastoring for a couple of years in Northern California. She came to me after service one Sunday and said, I'm kind of sad, and said, Pastor, you're preaching pretty good. And uh, we didn't, it was a smaller church and we didn't have a lot of the stuff to spread. We didn't have that. We didn't have anything like that. And we didn't record our services. She says, Pastor, she said, if I go buy a Radio Shack tape recorder, bring you some tapes, could you, would you, on Monday morning when you come back into the office, would you just recap your sermon, your message, say whatever you want, I will come on Monday afternoon, pick up the tapes, and I will be your minister of visitation. We had people in the hospital, people shut-ins, people that might harm us. I said, Amelia, I said, happy to do that. Well, I'm going to tell you, morning I, I always been an office person and on the next morning she came she came to the office she had a brand new brand new radio shack tape brand new brand new still in the wrapper radio shack 
with a whole bunch of uh, tape. You remember tape? A whole bunch of tape. And she said, I'll be back this afternoon. <laughs> and, uh, and she did. After two years. Two years. And I, I had to, I, I moved and I went Monday morning. And she would bring, on Monday afternoon, she'd be coming in to pick up those tapes. I'd go in the morning, I'd, I'd, I would, I would do, I'd recap my sermon. I, I'd ha- I knew who was in the hospital. Do you know who I'm talking about? I knew who was in the hospital. I knew the shut-ins. And when I would recap my message, recap the spiritual word that I had, I could call the names of, I could call the names of people who were out there who had not been to church and somebody in the hospital and I, 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 I shut in who were not there. And every Monday, every Monday morning, two years, I would record those tapes there and uh, quite, a, quite an interesting opportunity. She made that happen. Amelia. That's Amelia. Amelia Rainey. She's gone on to be with the Lord now. Postscript. Postscript. From that church, I went to serve the youth ministry department in Northern California, Nevada. And from there, I came to, from there I came to Long Beach. Pastor those wonderful people there at Christian Life Church. And uh, Amelia, her, 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 her brother had been the pastor of the church. Her Brother, to her, 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 her sister was the pianist. Her another sister was the organist. Her brother was the treasurer of the church. Another brother was the uh, secretary of the board of the church. And another sister and her husband were the largest tithers in the church. It wasn't a very large church. So I, yes, I'm going to do that tape on Monday morning. Just bring it to me. Yeah. But they're the most wonderful people, wonderful church members I ever had in my life. So postscript. She always sent us, from the time we left that church, she always sent us, uh, at Christmas time, she always, she never forgot through the years until she passed away. She would open our gifts at Christmas. The first gift we would open would be from, uh, be from Aunt Amelia. She became just a wonderful part of our church family, our, our family. And she would, when I say open our gifts, she would give us a, a pencil it said neighborhood church on it. She'd give us a, a hanky and give us a, a little ruler that for the kids who were in school. And it was that, but, but and maybe a, she always included a bulletin from the last church service or whatever. But she would give us just small things that she would be remembered in our Christmas family through the years after we had left that church, every year. Package from Aunt Amelia. That would be the first thing we would open. We would, we would celebrate Aunt Amelia. One Christmas after we had been in Long Beach, we'd been in Long Beach for a while, we opened one of our gifts, and uh, <coughs> opening our gifts, and a little pencil here, a little pencil there, a little ruler here. And finally, she, <laughs> she had something with my name on it. It was, it was one of those, uh, one of those, cassette tapes, one of those cassette tapes, and she had a little sticky note on there. She said, she said, Pastor, she said, I think you are going to like this. She said, I had no idea what she meant, but I knew that I, I think she, when I saw the tape, I remembered, I remembered all of that. Uh, we, 
couple of days later, getting out of the car, I popped the tape in. I popped the tape in our car so that we both could listen to the tape. And I heard myself. <laughs> That's not if you've ever heard yourself back. Okay, you, you don't want to do that. It's, it's just discouraging. It's just discouraging. You think you're great until you hear yourself. And then you, and then you know, you know, you're not so hot. So I listened to that tape, and 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 suddenly I thought, "Whoa! Did you did you did you hear that?" And I popped it back in and listened carefully. I pulled off to the side of the road because this thing keeps interrupting my preaching, and I heard I heard a little voice in the background of. All of my fabulous conversations, my fabulous conversations, yeah, that's not, I'm not going to cut that for dramatic effect. And I heard a little voice in the background singing. came to us, that tape came to us at a critical time that we desperately needed to hear Pastor, I think you're going to like this. Where is it? Where is, where is Amelia? Look. Greet Amelia. Look. No. Greet Amelia. Greet Amelia. never know her if I had not called her name. She was anonymous. But boy, was she ever powerful and effective to make the body of Christ where I had the privilege of serving as the leader pastor. Greet Amelia. And greet where? Greet. 
number 10. Read Apelles, tested and approved in prayer. What do you suppose that means? When, when the scriptures talk about he was tested, this is an era of persecution. Think, think about this. He was tested and he was approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my relative. Greet those who are in the household of Narcissus, of Narcissus who are in the Lord. And look at verse 12. Look at verse 12. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa. You suppose it might have been twins? I don't know. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, who's those women who work hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. And here, greet Rufus, chosen the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me. Did you hear that? We had a, tell you, because I love, I love, I called the names in there, we're Margaret McAnally, she had about five kids, they all sat down on the front row, and when they decided they wanted to go out, they would go out, I, and I just, I'm, I'm, it blows the mind of a pastor, let me tell you, when you sit down and sit back and just just think, but Margaret, she comes from a rough background, the kids are rough, and her husband Steve, he'd come once in a while. Damien was 10. Damien was 10. And, and Damien, I tell you, Damien, you had to pull up your socks when you dealt with Damien. James, Samson came down the Sunday school hall one day and after Sunday school and she was hyperventilating and she said, she said, that Damien, I hope Damien's here today because you remember this thing. Damien, that Damien, she said, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him, Pastor. I'm going to kill him. I said, well, Jane, I said, what, what's the, well, he, 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 she said, I don't know if I can take much of this. I said, well, we just talked a little bit. And Damien stayed. He was passed on to Edith Wolf. Edith, he passed the next year, Edith. Edith was his wonderful grandmother. She made Damien chairman of several things, and Damien started, started coming to Christ. But when he was 10, uh, Wilbur and some of the guys talked to me about Damien because they saw Damien taking tracks. He had a track rack. Out of the, he's taking tracks out of the track, out of the track rack. 10 years old, taking tracks week by week out of the track rack, putting them in his pocket, and they saw him so Margaret heard, somebody told Margaret, and she, and she explained what happened and why Damien would take the tracks out of the track rack in the foyer of our church. She said, Pastor, she said, when Terry said, they're having a hard time at home. Steve's making it hard for everybody. Damien takes the tracks takes a track every week out of the track bag. He looks at it, tries to do it, and when we sit down for supper or we sit down for, for a meal, whatever meal, Damien will take the track and he will put it by his dad's desk. 
recognize the schools that need it. And Steve often will take it and will wad it up and throw it down. Damien will pick it back up, clean it back up, and take it back in the trap yard, put it back in the trap yard. Because, you see, Damien, he was just borrowing the trap. He thought he had to pay for those. So he would take one, take it back, take another, take it back, take one back with him. Clearly, greet Damien. It's right between verse 12 and verse 13. You get your exegesis right here, your hermeneutics right here when we get there. Greet Damien and greet Margaret and greet Steve who finally came to the Lord because of their faithfulness and the boldness of Damien, 10 years old, who would not give up on his dream. Greet Rufus, chosen of the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermas, Patrobus, and the brothers with them. Greet Philogius, Julian, Nerses, his sister, and Olympia, Olympus, and all the saints, and all the saints with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. We have a pastor. No, he's not a pastor. I misspoke. We have a, we have a person who's in Fresno who wore, as a matter of fact, he wore every time. He was never a pastor, but, but he qualified to become a credential holder with our Assemblies of God Fellowship. He's an elderly man. We credentialed him. He wore, he wore a sport coat just like this. And every time I went to... Every time I went to Fresno, uh, his brother was, he would show up. Because he would always wear the same sport coat because I bragged on it one time. I said, I love that sport coat. And he would always wear the sport and he would do this when he would stand and lean over and then he would become popular. So he would just say, I never saw him. He just, <laughs> he was, uh, he had cancer. He sent me his picture in a, in a postal wrapping with glass in it. It got to me. The picture was glasses broken and shattered, and some of the marks on the pic, his picture, what his, it was him in that sport coat. And uh, he had a little note in there, Pastor, I may not be here much longer, but just something to remember me by. I put that, I put that his picture, it's still on my desk. Still on my this is two years ago. His picture, his picture, Newton truck at his funeral a few years ago. Newton truck. His picture is still on my desk. People come to my office and they say, "Ah, is that your dad?" Looks a little like my dad. I said, "No." Well, who is? I said, "That's Newton truck, one of my good friends. You'll never hear his name. You'll never know anything about him. But, but, but I keep him on my desk because I want to always be reminded." who I love, who I acknowledge, who is, who is important to me. This man is important to me. I have my office painted, and a worker at the outside has it draped over, and his picture, he called me in my office 
Newton called, or the clerk called me in my office, and I'm talking to him, and he is saying goodbye to me because he is in the last stages of cancer. He is going to pass away pretty shortly. And I'm talking to him, and I, I'm saying things to him. I hope I'm saying good things to him. I'm trying to say good things to him. And, and the, the painter is over here doing his thing, and, and I finally pray, I said, would you hold, or pray, ask blessings. I notice the painter stops painting, and he holds himself still while I'm praying over the phone to a man who is in Fresno in the hospital who's going to pass away. And the painter comes, steps off the ladder, he comes to my desk, and he says, here it is. one of our ministers, he's not a pastor, not an evangelist, he just, he just wanted to be ready to serve the Lord when his son was graduating. And he didn't say anything to me, he just tapped me on the shoulder and said, I know that you still want to serve the Lord. Do you understand how thin that is? Here, here, verse 16. telling you, I'm telling you, it's important. It's important to be a part of God's family. And it's important to know that you are, understand this, you are part of the body of Christ. As you can see in chapter 16, chapter 16 of the book of Romans, you read through that, this is you, this is us, these are, these are the names that Paul could call because because they were part of his family that he knew, his church. Will your name be called? You may do very little, as it were, to be recognized, but I'm telling you, when you're faithful, when you do your part, when you stand in the place where God has put you, and you recognize that, you recognize that I am a significant part of this body, I was in Temecula about three weeks ago in one of our churches there. Temecula was a, was a stagecoach stop, a major stagecoach stop in California. I mean, we went, La Palma was a stage, in the old days, La Palma was a stagecoach stop. You know, you remember, you know what a stagecoach is. It's, 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 it's not a Mercedes Benz, but it, uh, this was a stagecoach stop too, but it was reminded me when I was in Fresno. And the Old West stagecoach passengers, listen to this, the passengers, there, were, there was a first class rider, second class, and a third class. You buy your ticket, if you buy a first class ticket, it's expensive, second class, third class. Well, if you're third class, you buy a third class ticket, sometimes if there was room, you could ride inside on the stagecoach. Sometimes if there was room, you could ride inside. But if and, when, if and when the stage got stuck in the mud or lost the wheel, it was on your ticket, you were required to get out of the stagecoach, off the stagecoach, 
help put the get the stagecoach out of the mud to put the, put the wheel back on the stagecoach. That was required of you. You could ride, but you had to you had to put the wheel back on. You had to push the push the, the stagecoach out of the mud. It was it was third class. You had to get off and help out. Second class, you could buy a second class ticket. You could ride in. You could ride inside. But you were also required to get off the stagecoach and push the car, the stagecoach, out of the mud and push the wheel. You could, but you could ride inside. Okay, you couldn't ride. But you could ride in. That was you, you had a secure spot. But you had to get off in case something happened. Get out of the stagecoach. Help get this thing fixed. And then you could buy a first class. Then you could buy a first class ticket. And the first class ticket, you could you rode inside. And if anything happened to the stagecoach, you could stay inside. You know what I'm saying? You didn't, everybody else was bailing out, but you got your cup of tea and, and your, your, your magazine. And everybody else was pushing you out of the mud, but you stay inside. You could ride inside. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Everybody who's a part of this church family, you are a third-class passenger. Simply put, you're required to put your shoulder to the wheel. You're required to lift the burden. You're required to move all of the issues that relate to the life of the body of Christ forward. You get out. You get off. You get out. You, you are not... You don't stay inside and keep your feet up. You are a third-class passenger in the church of Jesus Christ, in the body of Christ. It is you that is looked to to move the church of Jesus Christ forward. You know what Paul said? It is required of a steward. What a Jesus you have sent to earth. What a Savior. What a Messiah. To be with us today. And I would like for the pastors, all the pastors, Pastor Ben, and all the, all of the people who are on staff, whatever role you have in the church, I want you to come and just stand in the center. If you are a minister, you're on the staff, whether you're a I'm not talking about traditional ministry here. I'm talking about you're on the staff. You represent the leadership, and if you're a deacon or if you're an elder, I want you to come and stand here. And Stacy, that's you. All right. That's you. Move over. Just come over. Move over. Yeah. Okay. All right. If you are, if you are one of the Sunday school teachers, I want you to come up here. We do have Sunday school. Am I saying the right word? Okay. And life groups, yeah. 
life group leaders next week. Let's go. Why not? Why don't you come up here and just stand here? Stand across. We got here to here, all the way across to the right. You have your life group leaders. You come up and stand. I saw some ushers come down, too. I want the ushers to come and just stand. If you're an usher, you serve as an usher, I want you to come and just stand across the front here. I love these ushers. Women's ministers leader. If you're a women's ministry leader, if you're a men's ministry leader, what else? Men's ministry, women's leader. Royal, Royal Royal Rangers, Michigan leader. If you are, if you serve in some role of leadership in this church, I want you to come forward. If I miss saying the name of something that you're involved in, you know who you are, and I want you to come up and I want you to stand. Any greeters? Bring them on. Bring them on. Choir too. Yeah, do the choir. Who are those two ladies that, 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 that Elliot talked about out there? Bonnie and Joan. I think Bonnie and Todd. Bonnie and Joan. Who? The sound and media? Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you don't turn me off before you leave up there. Yeah. I know. I know. Are you here? Okay. I want everybody to take about three steps forward. That simply means that the, the, your names, your names, their names are here, but your names are here. But these are just the ones who somehow have, at this particular moment, it may be your turn to get up here next time, but this particular moment, they happen to be standing here. I want you to stand everywhere in this church. Will you do that? Could I ask you to do something? Let's everybody, well, we got a lot of people down here. Would, would, would some of you just step out from where you are and stand in front of me? We're going to dedicate this house to the Lord. We're going to dedicate ourselves to the Lord this morning. Would you just, if you're a member of this body, just step out from where you are and come stand in front of somebody. I don't, this is not an anointing oil time. This is just come. I want you to just come. Would you do that? Step out. Just, just with an act of faith. Just step out and just step in front of them. Okay. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Just come straight and just stand. Stretch all the way across. And if you come there, we'll put this tray there. And, and sort of slip in so everybody in the aisle can, can have a place to slip through here. Over here. Would you do that? I love it. I love it. That's good. Now, can we do this? Can we do this? Let's just give honor and praise to blessing of God to rest on this house and rest on those who are in this house. Would you do that? At this, at this point, you become, you become a prayer. You become an extension of the grace of God for our friends who are here. And they're going to become an extension of God's grace back to you. And it's, it's, it's mutually effective. So let's pray, shall we? Let's pray. Father, Open your heart and ask God to speak his word and his life. And Father, as we close this meeting today, it's 
thank you in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you have done. We thank you for what you are going to do through the leadership and the ministry of this church. And ministry changes. Ministry roles change. And all of us at some point will be part of the grand spiritual scheme of outreach in the Palmer Church. I pray, God, that your spirit would move in our hearts. Let your hand be upon each person that's here, starting with our pastor, but not ending there, our pastor's family, and the elders and the deacons, and the greeters, and the ushers, and the teachers, and the leaders, life group leaders, every person that is here, I pray, God, that your, your Holy Spirit would be rich as we sense and we feel your hand at work dedicate ourselves to honor you and to bring honor to your church and to your name. And we dedicate this building to be a house where the people of God come, where the church comes and the resurrection power of Jesus is felt here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So we dedicate the house, we dedicate our lives, we dedicate the church name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said amen. And all God's people said amen. 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 God bless. Amen. Amen. Wow. It, it's just so exciting to think that God has brought us together at this moment in time. We stand on the shoulders of great men and women that for 60 years have been tilling soil and planting seeds. But this is our moment, right? God has put us together, and it's our moment to do all that God wants us to do, letting his light shine. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Pastor Ray. Don't you love him? Thank, let's thank God for Pastor Ray coming. Really great, great word. I want to thank Pastor Ray beyond a hand clap. I want to give a, a love offering to this, to this brother. He has been such a great friend to this church. And I want us to invest in Pastor Ray and Judy Rachels. Ushers, I want you to come at this time. And please, let's just give an offering of love. If you can, that would be greatly appreciated. If you're writing a check, you could write it to La Palma, and we're going to be sure to bless Pastor Ray. Father, we are so grateful today for your presence in this room. We thank you, God, for your purpose at La Palma Christian Center. And we pray, God, that your will would be done. Build your kingdom and build your church. We avail ourselves to you, our hands to reach out, our feet to go, our mouths to speak. Thank you, God, for bringing Pastor Ray to us. Thank you for the, the good word that he has brought to us, encouraging us and causing us to realize our place and our purpose here in your grand scheme. And we do pray, Lord, that you would bless Pastor Ray and Judy and let your will be done in their lives as well. We give you thanks and praise, praying it in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for coming today. It's good to see John Fry all the way back from North Central. How's North Central University treating you? You liking the weather? <laughs> it's different, right? You're still liking it. Well, that's good. Uh, John Fry's here. He's home for a little bit of a break, probably Thanksgiving break, but he's a student at North Central University, and we are very excited about that. Amen. I want to encourage you one more time, if you can, join us here on Wednesday night. I know, I know you, a lot of you are busy in preparation for Thanksgiving, but I would love for you to come and join. Uh, many have already committed. Join us on Wednesday night. Uh, is Brent here? I'm going to let him tell you a little bit about this. But uh, we would love to have you join us. We're going to serve hungry people, needy people, not necessarily homeless, but people who need help right now. And I believe there will be physical food fed, but I believe we can feed some, some hungry spirits too. And uh, what a great opportunity. So join us here on Wednesday night if you can. Everyone standing. Thank you so much for coming on this day. We pray God's rich blessing on you. And now we dismiss you in the name of the Lord. Go with God. Be blessed and be a blessing.